Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. Jonathan, did you think we would be saying that so soon? Uh, it, it's been a while, right? It's been a while. We're so glad to be back. We are here with Jonathan and Brian. Hi, Brian. Long-time listener, first-time caller here. How's everyone going? How's everyone doing? <laughs> doing all right. I don't think it's actually a first time. If we actually went back and counted it, there would be several. I think that's true. It, it goes back so far that there are episodes I recorded with you that don't exist on the internet anymore. <laughs> it's fair. Um, oh, we've we've got them. <laughs> we they're 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 just waiting to be released again. Um, we are here to talk about the fish tour, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and thanks for the support. People have asked us to bring HF Pod back, particularly around fish tour and this amazing company called Shift Genuine Cannabis 
said, we want to bring back HF Pod too. So here we are, HF Pod on tour, presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis. You're going to hear more from the Shift folks in just a little while. But every Tuesday, you're going to get a podcast of some combination of maybe the three of us, maybe more people um, talking about the shows of the week. And then you're going to hear Jonathan check in with Ryan Seibert. Um, Jonathan, quickly, what are we going to, what are we going to hear from Ryan each week? Well, uh, they'll all hear it before too long, but Ryan is on tour. And so he's, uh, he's taping and attending all the shows. And so he's going to give us a little bit of the, the view from, you know, head height as opposed to us sitting at home or wherever we are. And, and he, you've listened to his recordings of, of a couple of the shows, right? Yeah. He's making nice tapes and they're all available on eTree. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's get into this because we're going to do a quick breakdown of the tour thus far. We have we've heard four shows so far, and it seems to me like there are a couple conclusions. Or my conclusion is that Trey said in in one of our Alive Again interviews that he he mentioned 4.0. So the fact that he mentioned it means like it's you know it's off the table as far as I'm concerned. But also like has Fish ever been this good this quickly on a tour? I, it, I guess that's a question, but that's how I feel at the moment. A, f- a friend of mine asked a similar question, and and they they asked it directly of like, have we heard this much qual- this much quality improv this early in a tour? And I went back. I, I think it's Japan two thousand was the last time we had multiple twenty to twenty five minute jams in the first three to four shows. Now, obviously, that tour was a week in existence, so you probably then would have to go back to. Uh, the summer of 1999, which had, it opened with a 20-minute jam out of Bathtub Gin and then went into a number of those shows early in the tour, showcased some some just incredible playing and just immediately locked in jamming from the band. Yeah, but none of those came after how, how many days off has Fish had? So I also think those are two separate questions. So this band, how good is Fish playing? Well, is a different question from how much improv we're getting. So there's some there's some rust on the machine, uh, particularly in the first couple shows, mm-hmm. but the jamming is there. So there, it, it kind of reminds me of 2.0. Jonathan, do you feel that uh, micro jams are under threat because of this tour? No, they're definitely pumping out a couple quality micro jams uh, as well. So they're 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 going to keep happening. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, we, so we wanted to talk about new songs. Um, there, there haven't been a lot of new songs, but I think there's some new things happening. Um, I'll, I just want to start and say that the opener in Arkansas, I thought was such a good start. Um, I've never needed you like this before. We know we heard that on the roots with the roots on Jimmy Fallon with Trey. And it was really, I feel like that's when I was like, oh, this song is going to be sweet live. Um, so that really kind of struck a chord with me. Brian, what what about you? Uh, what do you hear new that you uh, that you connected with? Yeah, I definitely thought we were going to get more like debuts here in the first weekend, but perhaps they're just kind of trying to settle, settle in a little bit before they start to unleash some like the Lonely Trip songs and whatnot. Um, I, I'm going back to Sigma Oasis. I think it's its third performance officially. It debuted at tail end of 2019 i believe it was played at mexico uh the version that was played um down in pelham i think it was the second or third song of the show pages since just adds so much to it and it just sounded like a song windows down 
throw it on. It's like a Bob Seger, Jackson Brown type of song out of fish that I just want to blast while I'm driving down a country road. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I just want to give a shout out to the uh, two things, really. I like the na-na-na's in the arrangement on Everything's Right. That is a just a subtle, it's not that subtle, but it's a slight difference in the song. And I, I like the way it feels when Fish does that, and I want them to keep doing that. And I, I think this episode could not go by without us mentioning Fish's sampler, which he's had for a little while, but he's using in new ways. Uh, how do you guys feel about the sampler? <laughs> All right, and uh, moving on to our next question. We, so I, I should have said up top that we are doing video, live video recaps of, of each show at 1 p.m. Eastern the day after the show. And we've talked to all of our guests about this so far. And I think the consensus so far has been like it's entertaining. And if, if they're having fun, if it makes them have more fun, then then go for it. Um, I guess I sort of agree with that. The slave, the doing it during slave, I thought was a was was a kind of a, a serious faux pas. But <laughs> but I think otherwise, like in the middle of jams, that's cool. Just don't fuck with my slave. That's all. Dre was definitely egging fish on on Sunday night to get the the yas and whatnot during the tweezer. I think it was. So, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I think it's. Whatever keeps them lighthearted and happy and having fun right now, I think is is a good thing. I think that they definitely need that. There's a there's a weight to this tour in a lot of cases, and having just like a stupid joke is something that has like guided so much of Fish's direction throughout the years. Um, I'm gonna take the totally counter opinion. I, I actually liked the in Slave. I don't know. It, it like <laughs> it was this contrast to this like perfect song that. I also thought it like pushed Trey on where like the, the jam of slave was really patient and built really nicely that you wouldn't think would happen on the first night in 520 days or however long it had been. So I'm in favor of it, but ask me in two weeks. I, I thought it's, I think it's really cool how they've been doing the song before a huge jam in the second set, the evening song, Karini and more tweezer. I think that's a cool format. I hope they keep doing that. Um, I I feel like we we want to talk a little bit about kind of a segment of, of songs. It seems to me like every second set has been like more or less a, a flow of of songs. I really liked the segues in the first show, um, the Fuego into Fuego, and, and there yeah. were a couple others in the Simple. I think I thought I mean I just think the segues are working well, and it's a testament to them being well practiced. Um, I have a lot more thoughts, but what do you guys what do you guys think? What's like a What's a portion of, of songs that you thought flowed really well? I really enjoyed the the overall show from uh, Alabama, and I thought specifically the Carini, Marsha Monster, Golden Age, Mountains in the Mist gave you like a great mix of deep jamming, this kind of joke, funk, party song, Golden Age, which has just been such a heavy hitter for the band over the last few years. And then Mountains in the Mist is probably my favorite ballad from fish and anytime they play it, it's such a rare appearance. Um, I've only seen it once myself to get it coming midway through a second set. It's such a great breather moment and it just adds perfectly to like the larger theme of it. It reminds me of like second sets in 1999 and I'm, I'm in favor of as many sets 
reminiscing 1999 as possible. How about you, John? Uh, I kind of got into this with Ryan, so and everybody will hear that in a minute, so I won't belabor it. But but I will add that I love the second set from Sunday Night. Yes, it's a big tweezer, but the whole package of that set is really good. It's just great jamming. The double ballad, I think, will be controversial for some, but I don't want to hear from those folks. I think <laughs> it was great. You listen to Trey singing Farmhouse, and he is feeling it so much so that he's like now we're gonna do waste and and then they wrap it up with the big rock of first tube it's absolutely a money set for me i, I have to say that uh our friend mike lawn memo tweeted this morning that in case you missed Paige mcconnell on comes a time podcast he said that sleeping monkey was his his favorite song and uh you hear them both trey and Paige, sort of like choking up a little bit playing sleeping monkey which is great and and there is the sleeping monkey clause that we've talked about many times on hf pod which is that it only comes after an awesome show so um <laughs> that's scientific scientific proof that last night sunday night was was pretty amazing same thing for buried alive openers mm. really good point yeah and you know there's a lot of these just keep listening we'll we'll, we'll drop some more of this this science guys is there is there something that you're going to go back to time and time again? We have a we we're only four shows in, and we have like a wealth of music to go back to. I, I can't even imagine what the rest of the tour is going to be like. But what's the what's the what's the thing that it's going to be on your on your list for a while? I, I think to piggyback off of John, I I'm going to go back to second set of uh, August first. More Tweezer, Twist, Piper, Farmhouse, Waste, First Tube. Um, you talk about the double ballads and that combined with twist and Piper. I always love when twist and Piper are matched together. You have that very farmhouse story, of the ghost era debut type of feel to um, that segment. That second set feels like a band hanging out in the barn. Um, you know, we're just with our buddies. There must be something more than this. Well, what, what is there more than just like kicking back in the rural Vermont, hanging out with everyone gigantic tweezer jam that harkens back to all these memorable moments in fish history twist and piper songs that were crafted in that setting farmhouse and waste like they speak to rural vermont in so many ways and i think of first tube alive again and everything that we just heard from that series and all the music that trey was creating after he had bought the barn in the mid 90s and um, all those like simple grooves that just built themselves into into massive songs and massive moments for fish so i, I listened to that set and it's just one of those kind of an immediate i could take this out of the entire tour and listen to it and just know what fish in early 2021 sounds like jonathan i don't think i can add to that other than to say i would probably also be checking out that chalk dust a few more dozen times yes i think that's a good call i i want to talk about the just say that the first set of the 31st from alpharetta I, i'm going to go back to that set not only did we get the first foam um or i guess it was the fourth foam in the last five years but it was executed perfectly and the the stash the foam the bathtub gin the, the jam in the early in the set out of everything's right. I mean, it's kind of a perfect first set. Um, I, I wish I had been there, but I'll have to settle for going to other concerts. Outstanding. Everything's right be okay. as well. Yeah. Really great. Um, yes. Okay. Should we talk about the, the jam of the week, which is a new segment on the new HF pod on tour. Um, we have come to a consensus. It was very hard 
And, you know, it's hard work. Uh, we had a lot of arguments and a lot of deliberations. But we are going to tell you what we think is the jam of the week. Brian, do you want to reveal it? So the jam of the week for week one of Fish 2021, and RJ's right. There were a lot of bows thrown uh, during this. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of angry Slack messages. Is the chalk dust torture from uh, July 31st, 2021, in Alpharetta, Georgia? A monster 26 minute version. It was the second longest. Yeah, 26 minutes and 38 seconds. The second longest chalk dust torture ever. Um, Jonathan, what were your thoughts on this jam? You know, it moved to a bunch of different places. I have not listened to it enough times to get too far into it, I think. I've seen more than half a dozen of the jam chart chalk dusts in person, which is a weird flex, I know. But um, I, I, I just don't know where to put this one with those at this time it is not it's not quite like the others necessarily which i think is one of its main primary good features um it's it's a unique piece that i intend to just keep living in for a little while yeah i agree with that it's um scott bernstein said this really well on hf pot on tour the day after that show it it isn't really a dynamic jam. It doesn't have like these moments that you harken back to of like, I have to listen to that five, five minutes or I love what the band was doing here. It's kind of just a full package of 26 minutes of the band communicating to each other. I love that. It's just like them standing and having a conversation with each other. And I don't necessarily need that to rise up and like showcase for me these three minutes where everything came together. I kind of just want to hear them chatting and talking together and bouncing one idea off of each other that works it's bounced another idea. It, it reminded me a lot of um, uh, like fall 2013 jams where it just felt like many people have probably seen the video. They finish the uh, chorus and Trey just does this hand motion to Gordo, just like extends his hand out like, let's go. And it's like, it's just effortless music at that point. It's such a great jam vehicle and we would never, you know, have expected it in the, in the, in the early early 90s late even into the late 90s it's so great and the energy just never it never lets up it reminds me of a few other versions but i agree that it's sort of different from from the chalk dust jams that we've that we've come to know and love but i'm I'm definitely going to spend spend more time with it too um just like jonathan so if you guys haven't heard these concerts you should listen to them um you can listen to all of them on on live fish um if you're going to go there on the internet Type in osirispod.com slash livefish. See what happens. Um, guys, maybe we should hear from our partners at Shift real quick. That's a good call. Sounds good. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. 
Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. everybody. This is Jonathan. I am talking with Ryan Seibert, who is putting the On Tour into HF Pod On Tour for us. Ryan is attending and taping every single show and will be here with me each week to recap what has gone down from his perspective on the ground at the shows. Ryan, welcome. How's it going out there? Good day, sir. Thank you. That was a very nice intro. We're doing well, man. Hot, hot shows, hot shows. Yeah, uh, temperature hot, playing hot, uh, all manner of hot, I guess, right? That's right. It is a it is a muggy one down here, but they've uh, it's it's been a it's been a fun first four shows. It's been a wild ride. I've I've enjoyed every step of the way, every mile traveled. Just to give everybody perspective, you're doing this all on the ground in a van. Where, where's home base? Oh, home base is Cedar Rapids, Iowa. All right, so Iowa to Arkansas, and uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and just take this one show at a time here. First show back, uh, Walmart, Arkansas Music Pavilion, Rogers, Arkansas, 728. Give me some impression of the venue scene, and uh, we'll get into the music. Someone else said the venue felt a lot like Portsmouth. I haven't been there, but I said it felt like Deer Creek. It, it was a nice venue. Um, it was odd walking in and seeing everybody there, you know, having a great time and uh, maskless, but uh, there were there were some that were protecting themselves. The venue was great. The shows were great. So, what was the uh, the tenor on the ground? Everybody excited. I I mean, I heard from somebody that it, the audience seemed subdued, but I heard from someone else that it wasn't that way. So, what, what was your from the taper section? How did it seem? I think that everybody was there to have a great time. I mean, it it was it felt just like home, like it always has, but at the same time with a few extra worries. Um, but I I I met nothing but nice people that wanted to be there, and everybody was looking forward to those first shows back. I mean, the song selection they had us in mind. The opener with uh, "I Never Needed You Like This Before." Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I there are some people out there who predicted it, but they were in the minority. And um, I'm sure on the ground it it was a little bit of a little bit of a surprise, but it makes total sense. It's a great pick. Um, and let, yeah, so. W- was that what's your highlight from that first set? I really enjoyed the fact that they came back out and uh, the the tube into free was uh, was very nice. The uh, the the the, uh, the feeling I forgot words brushed over the crowd and it, it was a, it was a nice excitement of energy right there. And I think nice. right about there is when uh, Trey gave us this little thanks for saving our lives too. Yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. I think uh, that. That was really great. Uh, the Wolfman's had a nice little micro jam that I, I particularly enjoyed. I, you're right. The micro jam was sweet. And the one thing I have noticed is that there, with the, the with the rust coming off, everybody's still really learning these songs because right after that micro jam, that NICU was a little rough to get into. But it was it's fun, man. Yeah, there's uh, there are some kinks on some of the comp- composed bits, but at the same time, uh, as uh, I want to talk about in the second set, there are. Other things that they've clearly worked on and went well. Um, set two, obviously, I, you know what? Down with disease as the opener it could not have been more obvious, perhaps, but pretty good one there. 
I, I enjoyed that one too thoroughly. They they came out rocking and dropped it into a simple and then right into a nice fuego. And that's that's maybe something is uh the the Trey's got this swampy tone that I have not heard from him. So getting that intro into Fuego, I was like, wow, this might be where I've always wanted Fuego to come from. Right. You know, the uh that was really where I first started noticing Trey's tone is is such a standout. And it's been part of the conversation for the past week. Our uh, live thing recorded on uh, 1 o'clock Monday with Ryan from Trey's Guitar Rig talked a good bit about that. That simple jam was outstanding. Then this uh, weird, weird is weird a fair word? The Runaway Jim, Wikipaw Runaway Jim, that stuff was really cool. And then a really outstandingly, in my book, executed rift that uh, just like, Given the other rusty songs, I thought that was really delightful. Yeah, yeah, man. Those those uh, '90s compose bits where you just like, are they gonna hit it or are they they're gonna miss a step? But that one, those were solid. And yeah, the Jim Groove, Jim. That reminds me of what they used to do. Uh, what was it, nineteen with the plasma back and forth? Yeah, that's a really like a feels like the old days right there. Right. So uh, then, uh, not a terribly long trek over to Alabama for the next night. Talk to me about the uh, the scene in Oak Mountain. That's a big open amphitheater, no roof on that thing, right? That is correct, sir. It's uh, the venue there. It's uh, beautiful. The, the, the open air, uh, the the high-rise seating in the back where I guess it used to be a flat lawn. Trey, Trey commented from the stage how much they really like playing there and the drive-in in the uh, the country there uh, into the Birmingham area, I guess. It's a little bit outside of Birmingham, I understand. Um, but let's get into the show a little bit real quick. Talk to me about that first set. You got any highlights you want to shout out on that one? I think the ghost was a really good ghost. Uh, it didn't go... Com- it did get type 2 for a while, and uh, they nailed it, didn't leave that one open. Um, I really enjoy the final hurrah, and once again, it's just kind of shaking off, getting used to what they're playing again. But um, I mean, we're yeah. we're back on the train here. We're 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 having fun. Yeah, and uh, I agree about the ghost. It was a lot like the Wolfman's. It was you know thirteen minutes or fourteen minutes, a little bit of a jam, and then a good landing. Um, Driver and Dirt in that set too. Really cool song selection. Dirt is one of those places where I, I noticed Trey playing with uh, playing with some really muscly tone. I really like that. Um, and then set two, Evening Song opener. I know some people objected to it, but I like that one. I think Evening Song is appropriate, though. It's a good... It's it, Maybe what's one thing is the boys are not in a big hurry to come out there and show it what they all have. But it's a good Evening Song into uh, a Monster Carini. Monster Carini. That thing just kept going onward. That's the longest Carini to date, and <laughs> keyword monster, because it flows nicely into Martian monster. Heck yeah. I think that uh, the other thing about Evening Song leading into Carini is the, the line, approach the night with caution. So, folks, you've been warned, uh, Carini is going to get you. That's that's fair right there. I like that. I like that <laughs> a lot, yeah. And the big monster, where I really noticed that, you know, uh, Fishman is not a, uh, what he, he doesn't like to take drum leads, but he t- does a lot of drum fills. And that monster, he, he was all over the back end of that one. It really was. Uh, and then the set just continued, really tasty set with the golden age and uh, mountains, nice little touchdown and mountains in the mist and little rock and blaze on. And Harry Hood, um, 
again, a little bit of that rust showing through on this show uh, at times, but the the willingness and the ability to just dive into a big jam reminds me of uh, 2.0, really. Yeah, not looking back, and when they can hit it, they can hit it hard. Yeah, so let's get over to Atlanta because you've had the you had the pleasure. I think we talked. Was it Sunday afternoon about how nice it was to not have to just get up and go after the you know after a one night stand? You were able to stick around and relax a little before the show. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the fact that they've uh, restructured this touring thing around you know not having one nighters every every step of the way, and instead you can actually take a little time between. And, and I mean, the drive between Oka Mountain and Atlanta wasn't bad either. Two, two hours tops. Yeah, that's cake. Yeah. So I think they rewarded us too, man. They, they brought us out and, and eased us in with a little sand. Kind of a big everything's right right after that. Uh, relatively, yeah. you know, 15 minutes, 14 minutes or something. A little yeah. stumble through Turtle in the Clouds maybe, but then this maze, destiny, foam, stash, gin to finish that set. Holy cow. That yeah, was... huge. And there's and there's words that they're singing from the stage, like uh, the line in Turtle in the Clouds, my friends dancing on the hillside for a first time in a long time, I want to see another day. That was huge. The crowd was going nuts for that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then uh, and then they gave us the second longest chalk dust of all time to open set two. Uh, that, that's just a beautiful one. Um, tell, me, tell me your thoughts on that and the rest of the set. I think that these deep jams and the new lighting rig from Kuroda has really uh, brought up this portal that we're all being transported through. Uh, There was times during these big jams where I feel like uh, we're going through like a a space portal, like like something like Spaceballs, you know, where you're getting shot out of the (laughs) the transporter. Ludicrous speed. Going ludicrous speed. Yep, you nailed it. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the lights because I, uh, when I'm at a show, I'm a very eyes closed sort of dancer, so I don't really notice the lights. But I've been watching from home and seeing, you know, this this updated rig. It is fabulous looking, and and I can't imagine that it really is even coming through, uh, through the stream the way it does in in person. Any more comment on that? I mean, I, he's got these like LED beams that are moving around, and yeah, I don't know what kind of lights they are, but they look like they're ba- they're a bar, but they are able to rotate back and forth, and then color change sequence between everything. I mean, there's he's building some things that look like chase sequences, and they just keep moving in from the outside. And like I said, the uh, the feeling of going through a portal is is there, man. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. Nice, nice. Well, they definitely took us through the portal into um, the freezer. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to everyone for that. Oh. The next night. (laughs) But they gave us my coveted Buried Alive opener, which I've always said is a sign of a good show. And then I think they delivered. They did. After about, what, a 30, 40-minute rain delay, they really came out and said, we're here on a Sunday. Don't miss a Sunday. And uh, yeah, they nailed it. Reba in the third spot was big. Uh I, I enjoyed the Kill Devil and the Jabu, the Sparkle. I lost myself there for a while. Uh, the thread, the thread is a huge one, and they're nailing that one with the Odd Time signature. And uh, Meat into Antelope, that was like a, a nice close too. I like that Set Your Soul Free too. I, I want to say it's. Uh, I know it's not everybody's favorite song, but they really delivered in that too. And yeah, the rest of the set was really good. Nice Blissy Peak and Jabu, and then Set Two. They opened with more. 
And then what the sixth longest tweezer, uh, fifth longest tweezer of all time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Once again, man, it, th- them willing to take those moments and want open with not quite everybody's favorite, but you're going to get something after that. That was huge. That tweezer brought, Oh, it brought me to, you know, places where I have not been in a very, very long time. And I think we all wanted that, you know, they wanted some time to get out there and, and, and get fishy. Yeah. Well, they, they took it and that tweezer modulated a bunch and then rolls into twist, which was also not brief and was also really good into Piper, a very fast build Piper, I should note. And then Trey's just feeling it with the double ballads of farmhouse waste before they close it up with the first tube. I, I just, you know, it's a good show when they're going to come out and encore with sleeping monkey, uh, tweezer reprise. That's just, always a good sign uh, that they are in agreement with us. Right. Yeah. I, they're, we're ready to take us home on the train again. On to the next one, too. <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah. And that is, uh, that's what's on tap for you, right? What's the drive tonight? Uh, it's four hours in Nashville, so I thought I'd do about two and head to Chattanooga, but somebody reminded me that it's laundry day. Yeah, don't forget. Be safe out there, Ryan. Thank you for checking in. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else we haven't talked about? I, I think that everybody out here seeing these shows is having the time of their life, and no one wants this to stop. No one wants to think about not having music back in their lives again, and we're ready for the next one. Sweet. Bl- bliss peaks and all. <laughs> I like those bliss peaks. All right, Ryan. Well, uh, travel safely and stay in touch, and we will talk again next week. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jonathan, thanks for bringing us that conversation with Ryan. We will be checking in with him along the way. It has been amazing, an amazing first week. Um, I will say that, su- surprisingly, there are still fish fans complaining about these these shows, which is just... Man, what is what is wrong with people? Um, I, we can't even I can't even think of a single thing to say. So um, I hope everyone feels the same same way that we do. And thank thanks to our partners at Shift Genuine Cannabis. We're going to be back next Tuesday, and we have these live recaps every day after the show at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can watch them on every social media platform, and uh, you'll see Brian and myself hosting them and and having fun conversations. So check those out, and, and please be sure to share the podcast, leave a review if you like it. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you. Experience the trip of a lifetime with history travel. Explore unique places inspired by the most fascinating events and people of the past with world-renowned historians and local experts as your guide. Go to HistoryTravel.com and sign up today to receive $500 off per person on international trips and $250 off on domestic trips by using promo code PODCAST23 in the special request section of your booking. History Travel is created and managed by Academic Travel Abroad. Offers cannot be combined with other savings. 
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.